Without Wires is a wireless power podcast created to spark conversation, share stories, and educate the public on the future of wireless charging. Each podcast episode explores one key question in or adjacent to the wireless power space. Guests include wireless power industry experts, engineers, product designers, and technology leaders engaging in casual chats on compelling subjects. Our World Without Wires takes a lighthearted tone that is accessible to everyone, even while addressing highly technical topics. Join us and learn how you can live in an unwired world. Today on Our World Without Wires, we're going to answer the question, what's next for wireless charging on the factory floor? Do you ever wonder how those boxes magically appear at your doorstep? Products are sitting in a warehouse and then at the press of a button on your phone somehow get delivered to you. Most of the work was previously being done by humans, but we are now using robots to move the goods, package them, and ship them. But how does wireless charging help enable those facilities to work smarter, faster, and better? Sanjay Gupta from Our World Without Wires and Josh Yank, founder of Yank Technologies, will explore how wireless power is transforming the way factories and fulfillment centers operate around the world. From automated guided vehicles that run 24-7 to the next generation of robotic systems to sensors and inventory management tools that never have to be touched by human hands. Join us and catch a glimpse of the factories and warehouses of the future. Welcome to our world without wires, Josh. Uh, love to have you back again. I know you have some interesting stuff you want to talk to us about. Uh, but before we get started and talk all things geeky, talk to us a little bit about how you got into entrepreneurship. Like, yeah, sure. Thank family, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, thank you for having me again. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I guess like a big influence for for me personally was uh, my my grandfather uh, was actually um, very big into uh, making a special effects company called Oxberry, and uh, they built actually the machines uh, for a lot of uh, big special effects movies. Um, so they used some of his machines for. Uh, I think Gone with the Wind and Superman, actually, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, So just kind of seeing what he was able to build was definitely a big influence on me personally. Uh, So I thought that would be a pretty cool thing to get into. Uh, That being said, I'm really the only person in my family that's doing anything remotely like this. Um, So I I guess others uh, were not quite as drawn to it. But I think you got to be a unique person also to want something like like doing this, honestly. Of course, Josh. And you are very unique, but I'm so jealous of you. So did you get to hang out with all the movie stars and all these movie sets? No, 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 no. He, he, he sold it a while back. Um, oh. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, for what I recall, it was good timing because these special effects machines, I think, were being updated at the time. It would have made his systems pretty outdated. Um but um, no, I mean, uh, I, I think his company did win uh, an Academy Award for refurbishing a film for Gone with the Wind. I'm pretty sure. I got to oh check. Oh, my God. I, 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 can, I would just love to, as a kid, just run around movie stars and movie sets and be just... Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like that. No, no. I, I didn't even understand what he did until I got older, honestly. Um, I see. But no, he, he was definitely a big influence on me. Uh, but when I was growing up, like he already sold the company and uh, was really just into investing, honestly, uh, throughout almost the entirety of my life. But at least hearing his background and his story, right, of how he got to that point was definitely like 
an influential thing for me. Very cool. Very cool. That is a fun story. I'm so jealous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So let's, let's talk about fulfillment centers and robotics and so on. And sure. just tell us what you're doing. Sure. So we're uh, transitioning uh, this year, actually, to developing new types of wireless power systems for industrial equipment. So things like uh, robotic equipment like AGVs or automated guided vehicles, uh, AMRs, um, like maybe even automated forklifts or even manual equipment like push carts or kidding carts. So a wide variety of equipment, but the goal is the same. The goal is to improve the productivity of U.S. manufacturing and fulfillment centers. Uh, so that way there's less downtime by taking these robots or even manual systems off the docket to recharge. Constantly powered, 24-7. They don't have to be taken off of whatever route they're going on to get some kind of deliverable completed. I see. So what you're telling me, Josh, is Yank has a part to play in making sure my next uh, package shows up on time. Hopefully. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, that's definitely the goal. Uh, so that's definitely something we're uh, really gravitating very heavily towards this year that we're very excited about. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you made me think, right? You know, we talk about these robots in the factory running around and doing a lot yeah. of these heavy jobs, right? Of right. packages, putting them, shipping them, all of this stuff. And if you can keep them going for longer or maybe never have to take them out of service sure you can process way more packages right and you know we don't talk about some of the manual intervention that you need mm -hmm. to make this mm -hmm. happen right yeah exactly so uh your throughput could go up right your productivity could go up uh also your capital expenditure if i'm let's say the owner of the the factory or the fulfillment center i don't have to buy as many robots let's say to get a task done because yeah. they have to buy extra so they could power their fleet simultaneously as well uh, to try to reduce that downtime, basically. Got it, got it, got it. So what you're telling me is, right, you're basically teaching a robot how to juice itself, right? So <laughs> That's one way of looking at it, yeah. Right, you know, we talk about autonomous robots, but like just like a kid who can't feed himself, he's always going to remain a kid. A robot is not autonomous till it knows how to juice itself. <laughs> I mean, sure. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but that's how I'm thinking. No, I mean, that's not a bad way to think about it. Uh, it, it basically, we want to come in to our partners and, and make it very basic for you that we analyze the routes of where all these robots are going and we implement. You can think of it as like hotspots throughout the factory floor to basically keep them powered or keep them juiced all the time, no matter the tasks that they're doing, uh, no matter where they're going, like every path that is conceived, every delivery that's dropped off, we'll basically calculate that for you. So it's very seamless. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So here's another thing that my brain is thinking now, right? So because these robots, as they're running around, they can keep charging, you probably don't even need as big a battery in this, which is probably means a lot given how heavy these batteries are. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of, especially the bigger machinery, right, like forklifts, they'll use it for counterbalancing. 
However, that's like a very expensive way to balance out your robotic equipment, right? And it's also very wasteful. Yeah. Like if, if you exactly. power these batteries all the time while in route or in delivery locations, you could reduce your battery size, you could reduce battery waste, and you could also reduce the costs of building these products. So that's where we're getting a lot of interest yeah. in pull as well from these uh, manufacturers. Very cool, very cool. So now that makes sense to me, right? You know, so this is why you actually received some big grant recently. And now I can see why there are lots of interested people in something like this. Talk to us about who gave you the money, what's going on with it, <laughs> what do they expect out of it, you know? Sure. I'm curious to hear now. Yeah, so th this has definitely been really the major influence of us shifting in this direction was uh, we were fortunate to get awarded a grant uh, from the National Science Foundation to basically develop a new type of wireless charging infrastructure to improve the competitiveness of U.S. manufacturing. Uh, so really where we're at now is uh, we're doing a lot of really customer discovery and working closely with potential clients for piloting the systems uh, this year, uh, which we're very, very excited about. Very cool. And I think for those of you who don't know, NSF or the National Science Foundation funds all of the disruptive new technology, I think, or they have a pretty successful track record of uh, yeah. encouraging a lot of uh, tough tech, if I can call it that. Yeah, I mean, especially so robotics. Easy, uh, Josh. Yeah, we're in good company. So I, we're very, very fortunate, super appreciative. Uh, of the grant and, and the Science Foundation support. Um, and just very excited to really start seeing this come to fruition at basically uh, different types of manufacturing plants and fulfillment centers in the US this year. So very excited about that. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, that, that's pretty big stuff. So Josh, tell us a little bit more. So how big are these robots and how much power are we delivering to them? Like I'm sure, there are probably all kinds and sizes of uh, these devices out there, right? Yeah, yeah. They come in a lot of different shapes and sizes uh, from like a Roomba kind of size that kind of cleans uh -huh. up the, and vacuums your floor if you're familiar with Roombas uh, to much, much larger uh, to the size of like a forklift. So uh, they really vary quite a bit in size as well as power requirements, right? It could be... Mm -hmm. Uh, typically on the low ends, around 100 to 200 watts to upwards of a kilowatt kind of range. Some even prefer when getting closer to charging like a vehicle, honestly, um, like a regular car. Wow. So it varies quite a bit. Uh, we're definitely gravitating pretty heavily towards higher power consumption devices or pretty large um, AGVs and forklifts. So that would be near the kilowatt kind of range. Uh, with different types of approaches, basically, depending on what your factory layout is. Because a lot of companies don't want to rip up their floor. So a lot of floor-mounted solutions aren't typically suitable for them. So we're developing new kinds of, uh, you can think of it as mounting locations on both the product and throughout the factory to better align with an easy installation for them. I see, I see. And you brought up something, Josh, which is very interesting. Could this technology also be used to power something like my 
vacuum cleaner, you know, this robotic vacuum cleaner that runs around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it refuses to charge, even though I don't know what's going on. It goes and touches docks in the right place, but it's not charging for whatever reason. I don't know. Right, right. It could be a misalignment thing, right? That maybe the uh, vacuum or the Roomba isn't perfectly aligned with the, the charging location. And that's a big issue at the factory level as well. Uh, so this could be applied towards other types of devices to exactly your point. Uh, we're just starting off with basically a factory setting, but there's no reason why you can't shrink it down to something like charging your automated vacuum <laughs> cleaner. Like it, it could go all over the spectrum. Hey, I would love to have that. Yeah. Me. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say, look, my wife is going to be even happier because next time she wants to vacuum and having the this robot not charged is not a fun experience. Then I have to go fix it somehow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll solve your problem soon. We'll get on that. I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the other thing which I'm thinking, which is kind of related to this is, uh, it seems to me at least, are like all these drones and so on. Sure. Uh, could drones kind of just power themselves the same way also? Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we don't operate in that space currently, but that's definitely a really interesting point you bring up. Right. Uh, kind of like, uh, again, similar to the factory floor, but maybe for, for drones, like hotspot locations to power your, your drones. Uh, so that way you can improve the uptime of whatever the drone's accomplishing. Right. Whether it's taking videos or providing data on a farm to providing data on, on various different types of like different layouts, indoors and outdoors. Both are possible. Uh, so there's a lot of really exciting things in, in wireless power that really is unlocked a lot of uh -huh. different types of experiences that really weren't prevalent before. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that is exciting stuff. I can actually see uh, once you get this technology done and deployed in, say, warehouses and factories, there are so many other places where the same technology and the same system really could be used. Uh, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Uh, uh, you know, I wanted to get back to the personal side a little bit. I'm sure, <laughs> sure. entrepreneurship isn't all fun and games all the time. This I is true. To, you know, it's probably more of a roller coaster. I would love for you to share a high moment for you and maybe a low moment for you in the journey of Yank. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's probably <laughs> uh, after eight years, there's definitely more than I care to count. Um, I, I would say a good example, uh, a high point, uh, delivering effectively for our first automotive client. That was really exciting. Um, that was very stressful as well, uh, for sure. Um, but that was a very exciting high point. Um, at, let's see a big low point um i mean definitely in the earlier days it was very difficult to get even access to the right equipment uh because there's just such a big capital expenditure to work on hardware so just even like building it or even not even building even just testing is so difficult at when you're starting from the ground floor so that was uh, there, there's a lot of lows the highs are very high, but the lows are very low. It's a very windy path. Um, 
that I, I guess those would be like two examples. Cool. No, thank you. So here's the thing. What did you do to celebrate the first shipment? I can see, you know, that's that's like your baby kind of, you know, going out into the real world. Right. Tell me what you guys did to celebrate that achievement. Must be- Honestly, we, I, we should probably celebrate more uh, and enjoy the highs. Um, I think it was more of a relief from everyone <laughs> that everything worked <laughs> properly, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I think we had like a little team lunch. Uh, we, we definitely were all just pretty relieved, very, very, very tired, uh, very like overworked for getting that done. Um, some good sleep at least. Yeah. I mean, we, we all crashed real hard because the, the first time you're doing this, especially in a real environment, there's just so many challenges you don't take into account of. And the client needs to get it when the client wants it at the end of the day. And it's gotta be up to a satisfactory level. So Honestly, the first one was definitely more relief than anything else. Like, oh, phew, yeah. my God, that went okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I'm, we're, we're starting to celebrate a little bit more often, like team dinners. We're going to do that a little bit more often when we're doing a big project deliverable, things like that. Uh, just celebrate the wins, you know, because that's really important. Yeah. Uh, and, and to show everyone, we really appreciate everyone's hard work throughout the process because you, you definitely don't want to make sure it's like going overlooked because there's just so much hard work that's put into yeah. something like this to get it ready. Um, super appreciative of everyone on the team and all the hard work they do. Definitely want to make sure it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, but uh, yeah, there's <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty nuts uh, getting everything ready for the first time. Cool. Well, best of luck for many more celebrations to come. And it's always Thank fun you. to have you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you for taking time and, and talking to our audience again today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.